Hello and welcome to another episode of Sips and Quips, this podcast series about the people that know the IMSIS program best, that is the International Masters in Security, Intelligence and Strategic Studies. And today I'm with Mahesh and my first question to Mahesh is, where are you right now and what are you drinking right now? Hello, Adam. Thank you for inviting me to this podcast. Uh, right now, we are on a boat cruise in Regensburg, and we see a lovely sunset right in front of us. And I am drinking a fine German beer. On which on which river are we? Oh, it's it's the river Danube. Danube. Why are you on the river Danube, Mahesh? Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's a part of our. A summer school organized by the summer school itself and it's it's just an excursion tour for the entire IMSIS. What's the summer school about? Oh, so this particular summer school is about intelligence analysis and we are basically just doing some practical works on intelligence analysis I would say. All right, um, so let's turn to you. You're now in Regensburg but where did you come from? Well, I am from Nepal, and yes, I, before right before the summer school, I traveled from Nepal to Germany. How long did it take you to travel from Nepal to Germany? Oh, it was a long flight, and I also had a long layover in Dubai. So let's talk a bit about um, Nepal. You've traveled around the world quite a bit, so you're, you're quite familiar with how people perceive you and, 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 your, and your country. So what, in your experience, is the, is the preconception that other people have about your country, that the most popular preconception, and you know, do you think it's fair? Do you think it's you know, it's, uh, it's reality? Well, uh, it's a funny one. Uh, people either just don't know Nepal, uh, they just say, "Oh, is it a part of India? What part of India do you come from?" Or there's another funny one. I say I'm from Nepal, and they're like, "Oh, so have you climbed Mount Everest?" Which is also quite funny because I've not ever seen Mount Everest yet. Do you intend to see it? Oh yeah, I would love to. Would you like to climb it? I mean, I that that would be a risky business currently, but <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, so turning turning back to 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 Regensburg, away from away from the Himalayas. Um, what, what brought you here? Why did you study this course? Why did you choose IMSIS? Well, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I applied to three different programs under Erasmus Mundus Global Studies, the first one, the second one was Public Policy, and the third one was IMSIS. And I did my undergraduate thesis on uh, citizenship and statelessness in Nepal, which is something that not many people know about. And I did that from a legal perspective, qualitatively analyzing the situation. Uh, but then I wanted to study the same from a security perspective, why the issue of citizenship is seen as a national security uh, issue rather than a human rights issue in Nepal. So I thought this program made the most sense, so I chose to go with it. The securitization of citizenship, what what made you want to go, or what made you want to orient towards security? Do you have some prior you know, experience in the field, or is there any particular reason that you wanted to focus on security? Uh, to be honest, I wanted to study security perspective on this because I, it does not really make sense to me initially because 
when I say statelessness and citizenship in Nepal, uh, it's a community that I come from and it's a community that has been uh, experiencing it and been unfairly being treated by the state in Nepal. So this is something that I was personally invested in and something that personally interested me. So uh, exploring more on this would just was natural to me and I really wanted to understand why and whether this national security issue makes sense or is it just politics? Yeah. That's extremely interesting. Um, so let's stick with security in Nepal. Um, obviously our our understanding of the world is, is very limited by um, the, the newspaper that we read and our own horizons. And so Nepal is not a country we hear particularly a lot about um, in the media. So is there, in your opinion, a, a security issue or an important subject um, that you think is extremely under, not extreme, but that is underreported and that people should be more aware of? Yeah, uh, so Nepal is, very interesting in its geopolitical location. It's for those who don't know where it is. It's between China. <laughs> is that, is that something you have to explain. Yeah, the yeah, last yeah. One? I do, unfortunately. But do you, do you bring a map? <laughs> no, not really. But I have to give an idea of where it actually is. And it's in to the north of Nepal. Uh, there's China, the Tibet. Tibetan um, region of China and in the south, east and west, Nepal is surrounded by India. So you can just tell how uh, important this little country is geopolitically and when it comes to strategic interest, it's not just India and China that are interested in Nepal, it's also the United States which is heavily uh, interested and influ uh, been influential for the past uh, couple of decades at least. So when, when you're in Nepal, do you, is, is there a way to sense this geopolitical relevance? You know, how, do you see it in the street? Do you, is there, is there any tangible sense um, uh, to this phenomenon? Oh yeah, totally. And it's, it's, a, it's a regular phenomenon. And so for instance, there are several Tibetan refugees in Nepal and officially Nepal uh, upholds one China policy but of course there are elements of Tibetan resistance and when it comes to that China very openly and very publicly wants and even threatens Nepal sometimes to crack down on the refugees whereas the United States in the opposite it wants Nepal to be more uh, lenient on those protesters and uh, like ten Talking about tangibility, there, there was a recent event in Nepal, uh, um, the American MCC, the Millennial Challenge Corporation grant, 500 million worth. Uh, and it was somehow, some people claim that it was tied to the Indo-Pacific strategy of the United States. And there was heavy resistance from the public. Uh, there was, of course, propaganda, but that was very tangible to see that people were misinformed and China was heavily in, uh, involved in all of this. Uh, China commented that Nepal should not be signing any security agreements or deals with the US. So you, you do see the, refle the reflections of all of these dynamics on the streets among the political leaders and the parties and yeah. So what, what I find interesting about Nepal is that it because it sits in between, it gets pandered to by so many different actors, and so especially, obviously, it's especially evident 
specifically focusing on India and China. So um, obviously you also come from you know the, the region that is more towards the south, that is more the lowlands, which you know alone geographically is perhaps perhaps closer to India. Do you feel that so you know to put it to put it crassly, who's winning? Who's managing to have a better influence on Nepal? Who's securing Nepalese, uh, you know, favor between the two? Quite frankly, uh, it's the Indian influence that always wins, and I think personally that it's always going to win. And so the West, because uh, we do have Himalayas, the geographical barriers, so we don't see that cultural influence at the same degree that India has. For instance, everybody in Nepal uh, is somehow, to some degree, exposed to Bollywood, to Indian cricket, to the Western. And, uh, so it, it's a thing that uh, China cannot easily append uh, or just uh, take over. So of course, India is going to have an influence on this more than China. And like you said, I come from the south, and we do have an open border with India. So we do have a lot of cultural similarities, a lot of movement in the southern uh, border. Uh, and, and we do have, we uh, quite uh, commonly call this special relationship between India and Nepal as uh, roti-beti relationship, which is bread and uh, uh, so roti basically translates to bread, and Betty means uh, daughter. So it just says that we have a close economic and uh, societal ties with India. So we see a lot of cross-border uh, marital relations with uh, happening between these two countries. So we we are very close culturally with India in the south, and that's also one reason why the people in the south uh, there is a minority predominantly uh, uh, in the south that's called Madhesi people, and they are uh, in a way discriminated against by the state, Nepali state, which is uh, un which is dominated by the people from the north. That's fascinating, and I think that's very to get such a deep insight, which also surprises me a bit. But what we learn in the end is that it is soft power that wins. It's Bollywood movies, not Chinese development money. Um, well, to, to comment on that quickly, <laughs> China also has been investing a lot on these soft Definitely. things. For instance, Chinese language, when they're giving money to some schools and stuff, they make Chinese language mandatory in classes, which is quite fascinating in itself. Right, so we've, we've, we've learned that Nepal, small and remote as it is, although very beautiful, is also a flashpoint of geopolitical competition. So where do you see yourself in the future of Nepal, Mahesh? Do you want to go back and, you know, and, and, and enter the security and become a security professional in, in Nepal? Or where do, you, where do you see yourself after you've completed this master? Yeah, uh, so I am inclined more towards academia. So after this master's, I hope to pursue a PhD. And after my academic career, I want to continue writing and publishing about these issues more. And like I said, I come from an underrepresented population. So to have a voice uh, of mine would, I think, matter a lot in Nepal's political and security dialogues. So I I, I can see myself uh, in that uh, landscape. And I wish you all the best of that. Cheers, Mahesh. Thank you, Adam.